Okay, so I think this is quite an interesting and novel twist to this story. Remember, this is a live story that's going out during the um, coronavirus lockdown across the United Kingdom. And there's a guy called Dan who's in his bedroom. He's on his own in the lockdown and um, he's so bloody lonely. He slipped into psychosis where he believes he's got a viral hit and he's talking to the whole of the United Kingdom about trying to change it because he's arguing if we can change overnight like we have done with the coronavirus, then we can certainly do it again. But this time, change it for the better and make it a happy and healthy uh, United Kingdom moving forward and forever. And I think we've got a great opportunity to do that. And this brilliant guy called Dan, who's a creative genius, has come forward with loads of ideas and solutions and thinking because he can do root cause analysis. It's called lean thinking and he encourages it for all of us right across the country. What about Dan? Well, Dan is, uh, he's 41 years old. Um, he's gay. He's not very happy about it. And he'll explain the reasons why. Okay, there is a reason why he says that. There's always a reason why he says something, because he's very honest. He's very fair. He's a very brave man, very brave man, to do the things that he's doing. You know, these are his rolling thoughts. I could be saying anything right now. And I'm not banking my thoughts. I don't often remember what I've said. These are just rolling out my mouth, rolling out my head. I'm not filtering them in any way. And I'm doing this to tell you stories from the heart. And the reason that I wanted to do that was because I've got a mental health condition. And I wanted to, to tell you all the true story, the true story of mental health in the UK. And I can't do that unless I'm telling it to you from the heart, okay? Now, I know that might make me fall on the, the wrong side of the law, and I'm sorry about that. But that's not really the point. The point was I wanted to give you exactly how it felt, exactly why I might be deteriorating in mental health and how you all might be impacting that because you've ignored me, you've snubbed me, you've, you, you're not helping me with this change that I'm trying to make to mental health and to our country, which is a benefit to all of us, all of us. So it's frustrating me. So you can see my decline in mental health and that's depicted in my storytelling when I've gone into a crisis and I believed that I was God and, you know, that put people off even further. They thought it was weird and creepy, didn't want anything to do with me. You know, I've lost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of friends. People have turned their backs on me. Organisations don't want to know. I get the door slammed in my face wherever I go. No one's interested. Because I've got a mental health condition, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing in their eyes. An absolute nothing. I don't exist anymore. My ideas, my thoughts count for nothing. My voice counts for nothing. Okay? When you have a mental health condition in the UK, you are a nothing. It's absolutely harrowing and heartbreaking, but it's the truth. And that's what's happened to me. No one wants to listen. No one wants to know. No one will help me. Everybody turns their back on me. Everybody turns away. When I'm trying to do a good thing, I've tried to use my mental health positively to make a difference, to come up with ideas and to envisage a future for all of us that's going to work, that's going to work for our country, make us world leaders, bring riches to our country, untold riches, because we will have some of the very best children in the world, because we will have invested in our children, we'll have invested in our parents to make them the very best in the world because that is what we're going to produce that is what we're going to be known across the world to produce the very best the next generation the very best children in the world and think of all the rewards that that's going to reap that coming god i'm getting passionate <laughs> i do though don't i i can with my thoughts get really really passionate and um and the reason i wanted to leave this podcast was because um as you know i'm a very brave guy and um I have, when I've had a mental health crisis, I've logged it all. So even when I thought I was God, 
you know, I logged everything I would do. And, you know, I did get into a bit of trouble because I, I did ask for Mark Zuckerberg to be executed. And that was, there was a reason for that. Like, there's a reason for everything that I've done, you know, and said. And, and actually, I wasn't going to, but I was threatening him because he's a greedy little bastard. And I don't like his data mining. I don't like how he's nicked information on so many people over the UK who don't even realise he's doing it. It's disgusting that he's taking data about them all the time and then banking it away and making money out of it. I think it's awful, absolutely awful data mining. You know, and I, and I would argue that he destroys every single record that he has of a UK citizen because I think it's disgusting to shove his dirty little commercials in front of our eyes. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And if my mother knew just how much information he had on her. She'd be mortified. She'd be so upset. And she would feel even more IT vulnerable than she does at the moment. And I don't want that. You know, my mother and other people of, you know, similar ages in the 70s and 80s, they should feel confident and happy to use IT and connect with their families. And my, my word right now, if they knew how to do that right now, it's going to make the world of difference in a lockdown like this, isn't it? If they were technically savvy, and that's what we all should be encouraging them to be. So that if we have situations like this, we can stay in contact and in touch with our loved ones, you know, through video phone in the best way possible. And they know that they've got a lifeline to reach us as well. Well, and importantly, they know how to do it and they know how to do it with confidence. They're not IT vulnerable and we must focus on that and we must eradicate it, you know, as a, as a, as a country. No more IT vulnerable. There's no reason we can all help each other and we can all guide each other and teach each other how to use these machines and this technology and get the very best out of them for all of us, no matter what our age Okay, so that's one thing I was going to talk about, but um, it's taken me off on a tangent. So I'm just going to have a little bit of water and then I was going to tell you the next bit. So when I was God, and so just to explain, when you're going through a psychosis, um, your brain is an incredible tool. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. And I can promise you that your brain can make you see things that are not there. And you could swear to God in your life that they are there, they're stood there, they're talking to you, or that that city looks in that particular way. You know, it will absolutely convince you, convince you that you are in a different place to where you are, if it wants to. Just like it can make you hear things, uh, words, things that people might be saying that just simply are not true, that have not been said. But your brain has convinced you, absolutely convinced you, that those words have been said. And it can, because it's bloody clever. It's bloody powerful. The power of the brain is incredible. It's incredible what it can do, how it can, how it can take control of you and your emotions and the things you're seeing and the way that you're interacting. You know, gosh, this is a powerful tool. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing tool. And we should all look after it and recognise the brilliant power that it is and what it can do to, well, it can destroy us if it wants to by making us believe and see things that just simply are not there or believing things that simply are not true. And the reason for that is if we have unhealthy brains and more and more and more and more and more and more of us have got unhealthy brains because we do too much negative thinking or drug taking like the gay community or drinking too much like a lot of the straight community. They are drinking too much and it's impacting on our brains. And the problem is, is mental health is the most important thing for any country in the world to get right. And the reason for that is because every decision that we take and every action that we make always starts with our brain, always starts with our brain. We cannot deny that. We know that's a fact. Now, if that brain is 
unhealthy, then it's going to make the wrong decisions and the wrong choices, not just for ourselves, but for our family and for the future of this planet, right? The future of this planet. And that's what's happening. Now, if we had happy, healthy brains that we all had responsibility for, that we all had a responsibility to make sure that we maintained throughout our lives, because that is the pledge, that is the agreement that we have made as a one, as a country, that we will all take responsibility for keeping our brains happy and healthy and eradicating negative thinking and negative acting and as much negative energy as we possibly can out of this country. And yes, we can put lots of things in place in order to be able to help you with that. And some of the things that I've suggested include free massage, okay? Free massage for every single person in the UK. That would be once a week, and it would be something that everybody, every single person would be expected to do. There's no ifs, no buts, no maybe. We're laying these things out for people because we want you to be happy and we want to give you the tools and the methods to be happy, to be relaxed, to take things in your stride, to be emotionally much stronger because we need to be as a country and emotionally a lot more mature. So I'm giving you ideas of how we can do that and how we can all change and be better and be a better nation and change overnight if we wanted to. You know, some of these things don't require loads and loads of money. It just requires a good imagination like I've got. And hopefully this will pick up with somebody and somebody will help me get a viral hit with it. And it will become a great messaging platform to get this message out to as many people as possible in the most novel way possible. And that's what I'm trying to do is tell you a really great story, but doing it in an interesting and unique way through my rolling thoughts, you know. So um, going back to um, when I was God, and if you haven't seen my website, my page, I would recommend that you go and have a look at it. There's a lot of stuff on there. It is a bit cluttered and there's a lot of different fonts and colours. But to be honest with you, that didn't bother me because I think there's so many important points in there and so much that we can all learn. And, you know, and I've given so much of myself to give you all this information and this storytelling. And I've laid myself on the line like no one that I can think of in recent times. You know, I've, I've absolutely laid myself on the line for these pages. You know, and it's, they've nearly killed me. They've had me sectioned, you know, and treated really, really appallingly you know, really, really appallingly by people. But I've still kept going. I've still kept going. And this is my final attempt. I will not take another attempt after this because I've done everything I can to try and convince people and get this message out to them. And people still won't help me and still won't share it and help me get this viral hit when we could all do it so easily, so easily. Now, thinking back to when I was God, if you go onto my website, go onto the Godcast, okay? Go onto the Godcast page. And when I was God... And I believed I was God. You know, my psychosis is that strong. It can convince me. And I was in a very dreamlike sort of state. And for the most of it, I was in a good mood. And like I said, I'm living my mental health life out online. So when I was getting angry, because everyone was still ignoring me, that was what my mood was. I'm, I'm living my life out, my mental health life. I'm not lying to you. I was angry and I was upset and that comes across. And when you're God, you start to get a bit more threatening then and saying, stop ignoring me. Otherwise, I'm going to wipe you all out because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being ignored because I thought I was God, remember? And so I wanted to get your attention. I'd never do it. Of course, I'd never do it. I love everybody too much. At least I did. At least I did. Not so much now. But I did used to really love people and really bloody care about them. But not much now. It's really gone. It's really dying in me, that. You know, it really is going. I wish it wasn't, but it is. I can't help it. 
But when I was God, I always try and put a positive spin on my mental health. And so when I was in a psychosis, and bearing in mind, these could be like films, like I was in a film set, and um, completely surreal, dreamlike, uh, dangerous, action-packed, like blockbuster movies, what I went through. Honestly, I, w- I was like a little die-hard kid at one point. I remember running down the street, half-naked, covered in mud, because I thought there was heat-seekers after me. I'd already dropped my phone and got rid of that. I nearly took the bottoms of my shoes off, because I thought there were sensors in them. And I was running down this road, half-naked, covered in mud, with a pair of sunglasses on. I don't know why I had sunglasses on, but I found them somewhere. And these girls were hanging out the window, wolf-whistling me as I was running past. I went, thank you, thank you very much, thank you. I thought I was still saving the world, but I managed to stop to get my adoration, because I needed a little bit of light-hearted relief, saving the world is quite a big job especially when you're going through psychosis and uh, you're scared of every person and they uh, really do scare you to the point where you would go and hide from people for almost 28 hours in the corner of a toilet that's pitch black shivering and shaking like hell in a little ball and daring not to move in case a human a human walks past and you hear them breathing and they might stop at the door and they might walk in and you're fucking scared of those humans you're really really scared of them because you don't know what they're capable of you know that they're dark and they've got dark secrets what they're going to do to you this is really frightening will they open that door please please god don't open that door please leave me alone please leave me alone please leave me alone and hopefully they do and when they do open the door god it's frightening i've been so frightened it happened once with my own mother i didn't even recognize her i didn't even know who she was i was so frightened i didn't know who it was at the door It was really frightening me just walked in and really really I, i didn't know who was coming in and you know when you've had death threats and people after you and people stalking you and, you know, tormenting you and making your life total hell. It is frightening. You don't know who's going to walk in through the door sometimes. Or it might be the police like they've done recently. They just come storming in. They don't knock. They just come storming in and assault me in my flat. They frighten me because I think they could just come in at any time and do that and whisk me away. That's not fair. They should have seen what they did to me. I've took photos. I'm absolutely covered in bruising what they did to me, how they assaulted me. I can talk you through it, exactly what they did. It was horrific. But I don't think we're going to have time for this particular one. And I wanted to get to the point. And the point is this. When I was God, I thought it'd be interesting to record myself and listen to the plans and ideas that I had. Because I always, when I'm in a psychosis, they're that frightening. And I don't know that I'm ever going to get out of them. And so... I always think, try and look for a positive, try and look for something that'll help you through this, that you can hold on to. And if you do ever get through this, you can remember this and use it for the future as a tool, you know, for your ideas and thinking for this country and for the betterment of this country. And uh, because you learn a lot, you learn a lot in a psychosis, hell of a lot. Um, You know, stuff you never thought you'd ever learn in your life. Really, truthfully. Um, So... Every psychosis, I bring something back with me. And it's usually some great creative thinking. Um, But as God, I thought, right, I'm going to do... I felt that when I was being God, I needed to do broadcasts for you all. So three-minute broadcasts. So they weren't too long. um, And each one would contain little bits of information of how we were going to change as a planet and how we were all going to work together to do that. And um, I saved all those snippets and I've uploaded them all. I put them all online because I wanted you all to hear them and also hear how different I sound. My voice sounds different. The way I'm talking to you all is very, it's very stilted, but very authoritative. 
And um, that's because I believed I was God. And I was talking to you and I was trying to do it in a way that you understood and was clear and was very um, well thought through. And I think a lot of it is actually when I go back and listen. I mean, some of it will be impossible, absolutely impossible to achieve. But actually, there was some really great thinking there. And let me just give you one of them. And this is around plastic and bottles. And, um, you know, I envisaged as God that every single person on the planet would be given their own bottle, right? Now, why would this be important? Why would it be the sort of bottle that people would just think, oh, I can't be asked, I'm not going to carry it out with me, or can't be asked, it's, you know, just leave it on the side, don't really care about my bottle. Well, the way we get around that is we give them the bottle when they're young. So on everybody's fourth, maybe no, maybe let's say sixth birthday, so they can always remember the day. That's important. Remember the day that they were given their bottle, their bottle to keep for life. And it's so important that they carry their bottle with them wherever they go. And it's so important that they look after their bottle and keep it nice because it's going to be with them for life and they don't want to have a tatty, scruffy little bottle. It's so important to look after it. And also they can design it exactly how they want to so they can give their own little mark on the bottle and how they design it is up to them and there might be ways of how you can actually wipe the bottle clean so that as you grow up and you grow older and you want fresh new designs you can do that or you might want an area where you can look back at the designs you made when you were five and compare them to the ones that you made when you were 15 and actually the bottle's a great way of showing how you've developed you know as an artist or as an illustrator you know over time but also it makes your bottle individual. If it ever got lost, it would be so easy to find because there is only one in the world that is like it. And that's because you made it yours. You made it yours. It's yours, totally yours. And it's given to you when you're six years old and you feel so proud of it. And there's a lovely event that takes place as you're all awarded your bottles, all given your life bottles, the life bottles. And you all go up and you'll never forget that day because it was so proud and you felt so happy. And mummy and daddy were looking at you in the audience and they were clapping and clapping and clapping because they were proud that their little son or daughter was about to get their next little passage in life, their life bottle, and they made that nice achievement, that next step, the big step, a bit like having your 21st birthday, but this is to get your life bottle. And so that life bottle sticks with you for life because you had it ever since you were a kid, you understand the importance of it, and you understand the importance of filling it with water in the many water fountains that are available across towns and cities. You know that you can go and fill your water bottle, your very special bottle, with water whenever you need to. You don't need to be bloody buying it in shops. We've got plenty of water for us to be able to drink, and we should be all drinking a lot more of it as a nation. So let's make it easier access to get to it. Take your bottle, go to the many fountains that are going to be installed across towns and cities. Fill it up with water and enjoy water because it's beautiful, it's natural and it tastes great, okay? And we all have a responsibility to look after the cleanliness of those fountains and everything else moving forward because I've got loads of ideas about litter and litter louting and, you know, how we can combat them. Some are a little bit rough, but, you know, I still recorded them. Um, but listen, this bottle 
could do so much for us because it's a bottle that keeps your cold, your drinks cold for up to five hours, but also your drinks hot for up to five hours. Um, they're available right now to buy in Pret actually, if you want to see, you know, how one works and what a brilliant idea it is. But it means that we could have our hot drinks and there our teas or our coffees. We should not be going into coffee shops and using disposable cups. We take our bottle in and we use our bottle in order to get our fresh coffee and drink it from the bottle because it'll keep it hot for us for as long as we need it to. Then once we're done with it, rinse it out and fill it with fresh water from the many water taps that will be scattered around towns and cities, but also in the workplace as well. Workplaces that are observing this and making sure they're putting in plenty of water fountains or places where people can get access to water in order to fill their very, very, very special bottle. Now that's just one idea. Go and have a look at some of the others and I will give you some of the other ideas as well as we're moving along. But for now, I'm just going to stop recording and get this uploaded.